It's getting real in Washington, D.C. as federal judge Tanya Chutkin just endorsed a set of jury procedures that signals the beginning of the jury selection process in the prosecution of Donald Trump for trying to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. The trial set to begin in March of 2024. The jury questionnaires based on this order will be sent out on February 9th. The parties are ordered to meet and confer by January 9th of 2024, just around the corner. So Donald Trump has but one legal strategy in the courts. You all know it. Delay, delay, delay. Even though he's out there attacking Judge Tanya Chutkin and causing people to threaten her life and special counsel Jack Smith's life, Trump had to beg Judge Chutkin for a delay. He's begging her to delay all deadlines in the federal case. Surprise, surprise. And he's saying it's based on that frivolous presidential immunity motion that he filed a few weeks back. Trump also filed another motion in Washington, D.C. Did you guess it was to delay? Yeah, it was. Delay discovery deadlines in the case as well. But folks, Judge Chutkin is no Judge Cannon, and I don't think Judge Chutkin is going to be moving any of these dates, but we'll talk about what Judge Cannon is doing, where she goes, maybe I'll move the dates, and maybe I'll stay my own dates and deadlines. We'll get into it all. Next, we go to New York, New York, where the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial is heating up. We saw that Trump spawn testify yesterday and today. Don Jr. testified yesterday and today. Eric testified today. I, I mean, sort of. I guess that's what it was called, testimony. Words came out of their mouth. It was kind of like word salad vomit. They were under oath, but nothing that they said made any sense at all. They claimed, even though they were the big guys, the tough guys, they were the head of the Trump organization. Well, did you ever review the statement of financial conditions? No, I don't do that. I just I just pour concrete. I, I rely on other people to do that. Well, is this your signature on the certification? Yeah, sure. That's my certification. And as Don Jr. said, as he was shown each of the certifications where he signed his name, Don Jr., when he was kind of busted in the cross-exam, he goes, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Don Jr., that's not a good thing in a fraud case to say rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat <laughs> regarding the fraud that you committed. And also at the end of today's proceedings, Judge Ngoron just laid into Christopher Keis and Donald Trump's legal team. They again tried to mention Judge Ngoron's law clerk. And Judge Ngoron just said, can you please stop talking about my law clerk? She's a civil servant. She's doing her job. And I will not hesitate to impose the gag order on you both, referring to the lawyers at counsel's table for Donald Trump. And let's talk about MAGA Mike Johnson. Now, if you've already gotten the feel from this intro that the MAGA Republicans or MAGAcrats, as I'm calling them these days, are just completely incompetent and gaslighters, well, the MAGAcrat Speaker of the House, MAGA Mike, doesn't have a savings or checking account 
and on his disclosures lists that he has no assets, zero, or at least no assets that meet the very bare, bare minimum kind of threshold for disclosure. Yet MAGA Mike wants to lecture us all on how to handle our money and about our savings. He's the MAGA speaker of the house and an adult. He doesn't have a checking or savings account. And also part of the group of people who caused $8 trillion in debt under Donald Trump. I don't know if you saw this speech by Donald Trump, but we'll talk about it, where Donald Trump goes, I'm going to fix it on day one. I'm going to get rid of all of the debt. You created it. A trillion of it. And you raise mostly everybody's taxes other than the billionaires and DECA millionaires. And we'll go cover that Trump speech in Texas that was uh, concluded moments ago. Or uh, should I even call it a speech? It's, I guess, the equivalent. <laughs> it's the speech version of Eric's testimony today. So it started with Donald Trump coming out to the January 6th anthem. They don't play the national anthem anymore. They play the January 6th anthem, a song that Donald Trump made with insurrectionists. Then Donald Trump started making grunting noises and went, uh, 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 uh. Then he praised Vladimir Putin and then peaced out of Texas. He's also been releasing these weird pre-recorded videos claiming that Republicans in Iowa are going to try to steal and rig the election and calling the New York Post a leftist woke publication. But there's more. Then we go to the United States Senate where MAGAcrat Tommy Tuberville continues to object and block the appointments of America's top military leaders, even when individual names were brought up and unanimous consent was requested. He would stand there and one by one block the appointments of our military leaders. So it's really not a surprise that people are Leaving this Republican Party, which is now the MAGAcrats, it's now the MAGA Republicans. Heck, when Ken Buck of the Freedom Caucus is now viewed as a rhinoceros, no, I'm just joking, he's viewed as a rhino. When they call Ken Buck a rhino and a Democrat, you know that the Republican Party, and when Ken Buck starts making sense and you go, oh, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> you know that the Republican Party is completely, completely gone. The MAGA mutation is here. What an intro. I'm Ben Micellis. This is the, this is the <laughs> Midas Touch podcast. And, and, and here's the thing, though. And I think slowly but surely, we just have to keep being persistent as a community here, as the might is mighty. Legacy media, it's its like a ship that's moving towards the iceberg, right? Left to its own devices, legacy media would just fully embrace fascism. But to me, and the challenge that we all have, it's not a foregone conclusion that that's where they're taking the ship. So what we have to do is create our own media constructs, and we have to basically shame legacy media and others who basically normalize this behavior into saying, wake up, people. This stuff is not Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. This is some crazy, crazy stuff going on with these MAGA Republicans. Not both sides, the MAGA Republicans, Brett Jordan. He yeah, I mean, Ben, that was quite the intro to kind of cover the past, 
what, like 24 hours, all of the stuff that you just described there. It is completely absurd. Just another normal day in the United States of America. And I think you said it best, though. This craziness is not coming from our politics. It's not coming from Congress or the Senate. It's coming from one area in particular. It's coming for, as Ben is calling them now, the MAGAcrats. It is coming from the Republican Party that is sowing chaos and destruction throughout the country and is trying to implement this like bizarre Russian-style just weird dictatorship with their own state-run media, and they put the people who are the worst for a specific position in charge of that position, and then they put the woman who is the biggest anti-Semite in the entire United States Congress to file a motion on anti-Semitism with Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's like the whole thing, their whole thing is, what's like the worst, most opposite thing from reality? Yeah, let's do that because we, what we've learned from history is we need to tell lies so big and so absurd because that is how we are just going to bulldoze our way into power. You know, one of the things that I've actually enjoyed seeing, though, Ben and Jordy over the past few days, has been seeing some of the legacy media begin to at least take our lead on some of these things. I've noticed a lot of the things we're reporting here are finally being picked up, especially as related to Donald Trump's mental acuity, which we've been showcasing here, uh, his absolute cognitive decline over these past few weeks on Mm -hmm. nearly every episode. And finally, we're seeing publications like the New York Times begin to raise questions about it. We're seeing MSNBC speak about it in all their blocks. And I think that's a good thing. We need to get these messages out there and it's just it's great to be here for another episode of the Midas Touch podcast everybody Jordy what's up man how you doing I'm doing well you know as, as well as one could be doing during these crazy times hey did we have a like a meeting as brothers where we decided on this term magocrat like I, I I don't know if I'm fully sold or bought into it you guys seem like you've talked about this this is what we're going to push forward now going forward a united never talked front. about it never feels, talked about it feels like it I don't know if I love that I love MAGA Mike. I think that's excellent branding. But I think we're going to have to talk about this MAGA Kratz. But we will, we'll get back into it. Ben, there's something that you said early on in the <laughs> intro, too, that I think I think is so interesting. We'll get into it when we show the Trump stuff later on. Is, you know, of course he's walking out to his January 6th song, right? That, that That's Trump and not the national anthem. I mean, it's been a thematic thing for the guy from jump from his campaign. You know, they didn't wave American flags. When Trump was running for president or on the boats, no, they raised Trump flags because that's how he sees himself. He sees himself as this godlike figure that leads this cult around him. And it's a very, very scary thing to see. And I think we have the power to uh, to defeat him once again. Just like imagine if an American president or any sort of politician in this country after 9-11 was like, you know, let's do the the Al-Qaeda 19. And we have a song. It's the anthem with the with the hijack like like just think about the horrors of actually creating a song with the people who attacked the United States of America and tried to completely overthrow our entire system of government and instill a dictator. It's horrifying, frankly, that people aren't speaking about this every time that he does it. It's fundamentally anti-American. It's so bizarre, Brett. They're a band. The people who tried to overthrow the government are a band. They call themselves the, the, the J6 choir. Like they're a group. It's it's absurd, it's and I know bizarre. I know Ben is using his uh, legal 
skills when I whenever I, I, I do a slight dig to him when he takes his pen and paper and writes something I say down during the <laughs> intro. So I'm very nervous about what he's going to say to my uh, uh, rebuttal about MAGAcrats. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for the show. We're going to have a good one. Tonight. Well, no, well, it was actually a member of the Midas Mighty who suggested it to me via direct message. Wow, and I'm not always wow. able to read all of those, but what the, I'm not going to say the person. I told name. you he wrote it down. I told you that's exactly what he was doing. I didn't yeah, write anything right. down. I'm just reading the direct message. I was explaining. Jay, very, very paranoid crat. today, Jay. Uh, the suffix of crat effectively just means governed by governance of or ruled by. So the term MAGAcrat could effectively stand on its own by divorcing those fascistic extremist members of the GOP from traditional or fiscal conservatives, not to mention, I doubt the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene would care to be called anything ending in crap. So I actually think it. I like the idea of a MAGAcrat because it's certainly not the Republican Party anymore. I just want to, this bears emphasis, the January 6th anthem. The January 6th anthem. How is that not front cover news of New York Times, of Washington Post? I mean, I guess like does it really matter anymore when more people watch the Midas Touch Network right. than that? But 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 nonetheless, I think that's why people are like, yo. That's not normal at all. Uh, uh, imagine you're an investigative journalist, right? And you're going through a million emails and you're searching through it, right? And then you find an email from Donald Trump telling somebody, I want to create an anthem for the January 6th insurrectionists and I want to sing a song with them. Imagine if that, if an investigative journalist found that email, right? I bet you in that scenario, it would be a front page news story, right? Because it was found, it was uncovered, it was hidden. But the kind of odd thing when fascism is in your face, that legacy media is like all of the tools that it has. And by the way, some, some actually good writers who in theory are smart people, it's like kryptonite when they see it. It's like they can't process it that it's right there. And for us at the Midas Touch Network, a lot of our focus and editorial kind of vision is, is, is the story's right there. It's staring us in the face. Right face. Fascism is right in front of us. Call it out. And I'm going to show you how this speech in Texas started because how could this possibly be the case that in the United States of America, a country that I love, that the Republican Party is led by this menace. We're not going to play for you the January 6th song because they've copyrighted it. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump is earning royalties on it. And if I played it, they they would claim it and get the revenue from the show. They are they get publishing revenue from the January 6th insurrection song that they play instead of the national anthem. But instead, we will just play you right after the song ends and the speech begins. Donald Trump praises the song and brags about, and again, just another lie, how it does better than Taylor Swift. Play this clip. And they asked me whether or not I would partake and do the beautiful words. And I said, yes, I would. And you saw the spirit, 
the uh, the spirit was incredible. And when that came out, it went to the number one song. It was beating everybody. It beat uh, Taylor Swift. It beat Miley Cyrus, who was number one and two. They were number one and two. We knocked them off for a long time. He's talking about the January 6th insurrection anthem right there. A song right. made with terrorists celebrating terrorism. That That's what, what he, when he says, they asked me to join. When they, he's referring to the insurrectionists. And, and just think about this, that there's going to be now three debates. Do you remember the moment, I mean, in, in the presidential, assuming, by the way, Nikki Haley is actually, is, is doing surprisingly well. And the fact that Donald Trump and Iowa was saying things like, you know, the Republicans are cheating tells me that there may be a little bit more going on there. But assuming Donald Trump gets the nomination for the Republican Party, there's going to be three debates. And you remember from the last round of this, when he said, proud boys, stand back and stand by. That was a moment. And, and that's when he said, stand back and stand by. Now he's basically saying, proud boys, let's sing a, let's sing a song together. Proud boys, sing along. <laughs> And, and let's replace your song with our national anthem. And so when I see these interviews, you know, when it was like CNN did the, the interview and when, uh, you know, me, uh, Meet the Press did their new interview, how do you not go into as the very first thing? Like, so you, you sing the national, you replace the national anthem with the January 6th insurrectionists? I'm yeah. sorry. I, 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 I can't <laughs> let this sit any longer. Did you guys? Pick up on. Does he think Miley Cyrus's name is Molly Cyrus? Did, I think he doesn't know Molly Cyrus. He doesn't know names. He he's he's slurring his words a lot, and we'll sh we'll show you as we go through a lot of the clips. And the, one of the weird things are even in these pre-recorded clips that he shows, like he can't seem to get basic phrases right. His memory seems completely shot. He just says the completely wrong things. He's lashing out at like his own uh, party. Like the whole thing has just become exceptionally, exceptionally weird. And Ben, I, I, I agree with you too. I think he is kind of a little oddly fearful of Nikki Haley. One of the actual things that I would be curious to see and I don't think this is going to happen at least anytime soon, would be if everyone else dropped out of that Republican primary, everybody else, and it became a two-person race between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. I actually think that would put Donald Trump in a very precarious position because Trump likes to tout his high poll numbers, but when you really kind of average them out, Trump really kind of pulls around 47% of the party in those polls. And other, all the other candidates kind of combined account for the other 53% or so. So if everyone else pulled out and Nikki Haley, who's actually gaining momentum, and before anyone says, I'm not a Nikki Haley fan, don't, don't take me with that. But I do think that if it was a two-person race between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, I think Trump would actually face a very competitive primary and that he could potentially be in a whole lot of trouble, especially as those trials ramp up, as his brain continues to melt and, and just everything progresses forward. I would be very interested in seeing that. So let's talk about this Texas speech. Um, here he is. This is part of his, like, the, the, this is his stump speech. You know, so he does this when he travels the country. And these are the, this is the messaging that he brings. 
So here he is, and this is part of the, the, the section of his speech where he tries to mock transgender people and, and he does this like grunting noise and showing like athletic competition. I, 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 it, it, no matter what the context of what he's doing is here, as I've said before, like, could you imagine a situation where Bill Clinton or George H.W. Bush or George W. Bush or John McCain or Obama or Bob Dole or President Biden or anyone behaved like this in any context at all? Here, play this clip. You can do it, baby. I love you so much. Magic and just bad news, bad things are happening. Uh, uh, Mom, I'm sorry. Uh, Mom, I didn't do it. And so just so you see, though, he does this in every city that he goes. It's not just like, whoa, what's going on here? That's part of the speech. That's the stump speech. Like here he is when he's in Sioux City. He thought he was in Sioux Falls. And here he is doing the same thing. I, I could show you every city. I'm going to spare you. But just take my word for it. He does this in every city. Here he is in Sioux City doing it. <sighs> and they're proud. They're clapping. They're going crazy. I can't do it, Mama. Can't. Boom. He does that in every single city. So then imagine he, so, you're a Jan Six insurrectionist, or you're John Eastman, potentially about to be disbarred, or anybody else around the country getting in huge legal trouble for this individual, and you turn on the TV. And this is the person you're going to prison for. This is the person you gave up your entire life and career for, for this idiot. Like, I, it's just like, ugh. so I didn't know, think, like, I like, didn't know we were going to play those clips. I'm going to have nightmares for at least a, a week. Oh my goodness. That was wow. I want you to think about the speech. He goes out to the January 6th anthem and then he goes, mommy, mommy, mommy. That's the second part of the speech. <laughs> the impression's getting pretty good, though. That's, that's really the second good. part yeah. of the speech. Then he always says something positive about Putin and Viktor Orban. And he always goes, they have ultimate power. They have ultimate authority. And they've told me that they are afraid of me. And then when it comes to Viktor Orban, I won't play that clip here. He always gets it wrong where Hungary is. He Sometimes he thinks Hungary is Turkey. He always thinks that Hungary and Turkey border Russia. He has no sense of – he will always butcher anything related to Viktor Orban in the speech. But here he now – this is where he praises Putin and he explains that he knows that he was tough because Putin said, sir, sir, you are so tough, sir. Play this clip. Trump, Trump wasn't tough on Russia. I was so tough on Russia. Putin said, if you're not tough now, I'd hate like hell to see you if you were tough yeah, Putin's playing you like a fiddle, you freaking moron. I'm, I, I, I mean, it's like that. I can't believe I, I, when I watch these things, I can't believe this is not a simulation or this is AI and this is actually like a real thing and that this is the Republican Party. So here Trump says if he's elected, he will get the national debt paid off real fast. Here, play this clip. So much money we're going to pay off debt. The $35 trillion in debt, we're going to pay it off. We're going to get it done fast, too. Okay, you added $8 trillion of debt. $8 trillion of debt. $8 trillion of debt. You raised people's taxes. That's why, like, if you're at that event, you must just love it to be treated awfully.
Like you must sit there and go, all right. Like, like, like I, I don't know if it's cathartic for, for them to watch themselves be treated like crap. The one thing I do like that, and it's hard for me to put the words do like and DeSantis in the same sentence, but the one thing where if DeSantis was saying more stuff like this from the outset versus like whatever the hell this campaign was, he acknowledges that Donald Trump added $7.8 trillion in, in the debt. And so for all of these MAGAcrats and MAGA Republicans calling themselves fiscal conservatives, where Democrats and the pro-democracy movement, because I think there's MAGAcrats and pro-democracy. Pro-democracy is Democrats, independents, Republicans who are leaving conservatives, independents, progressives, liberals, non-affiliated with political parties. If you like normalcy, if you like compassion, intelligence, and facts, I think you're part of the pro-democracy community. If you like just being treated like crap and lied to and wanting some wannabe idiot fascist authoritarian, you're part of the MAGAcrats. That's that's your crew. You hang out with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You hang out with Lauren Boebert. You hang out with Matt Gates and Jim Jordan. That is your crew. No evidence, unqualified, idiocracy. And you, and you I, like, I just what? started thinking about like being in the same room as those people. And I got like uncomfortable, just like the thought of even being, even if it was a large auditorium, I think, uh, especially if we were in a theater, I guess I'd be very uncomfortable with okay, those it, people. It, like it, 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 it's just unqualified. <laughs> like it's just unqualified, you know, and, it, and I, I've, I've coined the term, I coined a lot of terms, but the term <laughs> I've coined magasplaining, magasplaining when they, when the, the magasplainers say, let me let me help you uh, with your checking and saving. Let me help you with your finances. And then you're like, okay, didn't you add $8 trillion in debt? That was me back then because we had to trickle it down. Yeah, but it didn't trickle down. Oh, by the way, Maga Mike, do you have a bank account? Why would I need a bank account when <laughs> I get the biblical republic trickles down the money upon me and my wife? I'm like, what world is this? What world are we living in? Here's the clip of DeSantis, though, talking about how with, this is accurate. What are you saying? It is accurate that these MAGA Republicans, they're the ones adding the debt. They're the arsonists. Play the clip. I think if you look at the unified government under W. Bush and under Trump, Republican unified government, they threw out all the fiscal uh, constraints. That was not something people cared about. Uh, if you talked about it at that time, it was like they didn't want to hear it. The minute Republicans get out of power, then all of a sudden they be beat their chest. They become real fiscal hawks when it comes to all of this stuff. Now, part of the reason I think under Bush is because we had the lengthy wars, which were which were clearly mismanaged and we spent a lot of money. That, that in hindsight we shouldn't have done. Um, but, you know, I was there for the first two years of the Trump administration. Uh, we, you know, there was a faction of us in the, in the House that was urging him not to just sign these big omnibus spending bills, but, but he signed every spending bill that ever got to his desk, culminating in, in a big gusher of spending his last year in office, which, of course, ended up adding $7.8 trillion to the debt in one four-year period as a president. Well, he almost added it up. He still kind of adds up one plus one in his own mind, still kind of equals 1.5. Doesn't fully, he, he still doesn't fully make the connection there. Because I wonder where, where did all of this debt come from right now? Because he still wants to blame Biden for it, right? So where did it come from? George W. Bush? 
and Donald Trump. Donald Trump printed more money than anyone. And, and that's the thing with these magasplainers. It's like y'all caused this. I don't need, don't gaslight me. I don't need ben, to ben, be ben. nearly, I think over or nearly 25% of all of the United States debt. I'm talking about in history from the very beginning of the United States of America happened under Donald Trump's presidency. And you know, I think that's what makes also this election so different than even, you know, 2016 when Donald Trump ran. I think he's going to encounter a lot of the same issues that he encountered in 2020, which is now you have a record. In 2016, 2015, when he was running, he was able to just say things and people were able to give him the benefit of the doubt of times because maybe they weren't onto his con or what. I don't mm -hmm. know why they bought it, but they bought it at the time, right? And he said, I'm going to come in. I'm going to run this thing like a business. I'm going to get our debt under control. Okay, okay, okay. He had that chance. What did he do? He added 25% of all of the national debt that we have today. So when he says it again now, it's much easier now to point out that's just be like that's just a lie. That's just BS. And the people who are in that crowd cheering it on are just the willfully blind people who are going to sure. follow him no matter what he says. But for the independents, for the Democrats, for the disaffected Republicans, for other just anyone else who believes in reality and facts, it's very easy to look at that and go, no, no, that's a, that's a lie. There's no black or white here. There's no both sides. That is a lie. Well, the good thing is that trickle down worked and everybody got wealthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and for, for decades, everyone knows. The good, everyone the just good news, the good news is, is that when they gave <laughs> the massive tax cuts to the billionaires, yeah. The billionaires then helped all of the Americans like they said they would. And the billionaires just, you know, made sure that workers were. Thankfully, I remember billionaires running down the street with bags <laughs> of money, just chucking it. Trickle, trickle. Who wants a trickle? Who wants a trickle? That's what I mean. This election is not about, it isn't about Democrats, Republicans, progressives, and liberals. It's about the truth. Yep. It's about democracy. It's about an objective reality versus the dystopian American carnage that MAGA Republicans want, that the MAGAcrats want. We've got a lot more show. Check us out as well at patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch, where we do some really fun after shows. And by the way, we have no outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network. So the way we build this network is through emojis on the YouTube. <laughs> emojis. The right the right wing media is like funded by like all of these like cults and like the Moonies and the this and the that. I'm going with emojis. Let's go. Let's there's no shame in that game. We're on emoji everybody. You can hit the dollar sign the emoji economy is hot right now. Become a YouTube member or patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We'll be right back after this this quick, quick break. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor health, and lower productivity? Sleep is the foundation of our mental and physical health and performance in our days. Having a consistent nighttime routine is non-negotiable. When I don't get enough sleep, trust me, you don't want to be around me the next day. Just ask Brett and Jordy. Introducing Beam Dream. You know we've been raving about Beam's Dream Powder, their healthy hot cocoa for sleep. And today, our listeners get a special 
special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in delicious flavors like sea salt, caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I've personally tried Beam Dream and it lived up to all the hype. First off, it was delicious and just a lovely nighttime routine. And secondly, and most importantly, it helped me fall asleep and stay asleep. The next day, I woke up ready and eager to take on all of life's challenges and tasks. Find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Midas and use code cyber at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Midas and use code cyber for up to 50% off. This episode of the Midas Touch Podcast is brought to you by Manacora Honey. Now, I knew honey was good for you, but this honey is at another level. This is a superfood, a super honey, and it's one of those miracles of nature, so just hear me out. Manacora makes Manuka honey, a single-origin super honey that comes from New Zealand, where the bees only feed on the nectar of the Manuka tea tree, making something that's pure, rich, and complex with a creamier texture that's completely different from the normal honey that you find at the supermarket. You can use it as you would any other honey, but what puts the super in Manuka honey is that it's impressively rich in antioxidants and prebiotics. It's 100 times more, in fact, compared to the regular honey, as well as natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of this tea tree. The bottom line is that these nutrients really support your optimal immune and digestive health. And it's delicious, so it's a win-win. You can continue to use honey in all the ways that you know and love, and you can enjoy all the health benefits of MGO as well. Manicor sent me a jar and squeeze bottle of their 850 plus MGO Manuka honey, their best-selling honey. The 850 plus honey has the creamy caramel texture that melts in your mouth, and it's unlike anything that I've ever tried before. I can grab a spoonful out of a jar to put in my favorite beverage or squeeze some honey out on some toast or oatmeal. It's so delicious. Manicor is delicious. The texture and quality of the honey is just unlike anything that I've ever had. If you head to manicor.com slash Midas, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with an 850 plus MGO Manuka honey, a free travel pack honey stick, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. Now, I love the jar and squeeze bottle, but the extra pack of compostable honey sticks is perfect for whenever you're on the go. You can take them with you whenever you're traveling or if you need a quick snack while running errands, it's the perfect energy boost. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash Midas to get $25 off your starter kit. You haven't tasted or seen honey like this before, so indulge and try some Honey with superpowers from Manicora. Welcome back, Jordy. With Jordy, great ad read. You had a great ad read for Beam. I mean, I mean, gotta love these pro democracy sponsors. If you're in the market for them, you know they help support the show and the network. You could help support them by clicking those links in the description of the show and using those promo codes that are listed below as well. Helps us out. And they're great products, so go for it. Give it a shot. And the media is taking notice of the clips that we've been playing over and over again mm-hmm. 
of Donald Trump's clear mental decline in his erratic behavior. I want to show you this montage of uh, just a, a few of the many kind of what the heck kind of moments. And I'll say this. Just like in the past few weeks. If President Biden did any of that, if President Biden said in a speech that he would not defend a NATO country, okay? Think about that. It would be on the front page of everything. If President Biden said that he was in the wrong city, he said that he was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, when he was in Sioux City, Iowa, I guarantee you Fox would play it for the entire day in loop over and over and over again. If President Biden praised Viktor Orban, said that Vladimir Putin thinks he's tough, it would be absolutely disqualifying. So then you have to ask yourselves, why is there a different standard that is being applied to Donald Trump? And the answer is multifaceted. The answer is deeper and somewhat existential. You have multi-billion dollar media corporations that may have a vested interest in not trickling it down to you, but they may believe that they could ride out fascism. They could ride it out if that means paying slightly less corporate taxes or significantly less corporate taxes while everybody else gets screwed. They could be lazy. They could be psyched out. They could be just embracing the lies because they just don't know what the heck they're doing. I'll let you put in the comments below what you think the explanation is for it, but it's right in our face. It's right in your face. Here it is. Play the montage. So we have the worst education almost in the large world, the, uh, the world that people know about. The leading political opponent, the leading by a lot, including Obama, it was, I'll tell you what, terrorism, ter uh, what, what you're doing, the terrorism. Victor Orban, did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He, uh, he's the leader of, right, he's the leader of Turkey. And just in conclusion, uh, Sioux Falls, thank you very much, Sioux Falls. So Sioux City, Hezbollah, and Thomas, communists and markets. You know, you have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. We're drowning in this water. You're standing up. We're going to turn Christmas around. Remember, the department stores weren't, re they refused to use the word Christmas. Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. But you mean President Biden. So, uh, there you have, by the way, we probably could have showed you like eight more minutes of that. Uh, but that was that was the supercut that was done by but that was done by the uh the, the Biden Harris HQ also right they've been doing a really yeah, good Biden job Biden HQ they they they're they're crushing it and it's actually good to actually see some pushback uh, Biden HQ is with the Biden campaign they're doing a killer job across social media and did you guys see this this other clip so president biden the other day was given a he was given a serious speech and a baby interrupted the speech. A baby started crying during the speech. And President Biden handled the situation exactly how you would think President Biden would handle the situation. You know, with, with respect, you know, that's okay around here. Uh, what's the baby's name? You know, very cordial, as you would expect. It happened one, once before, too. What I realized was that um, 
it reminded me of the Donald Trump clip from when Donald Trump was running for president and Donald Trump actually kicked a baby out of his audience. Do you remember when Donald Trump literally kicked a baby out of the audience? So he put the clips side by side. And I think this kind of says it all about the personalities between the two people uh, that we have uh, as the leading uh, contenders for president. And we'll play this little montage right here. The worst happens that it's okay. Kids are allowed to do that with me. Okay? Don't worry about it, all right? I don't blame her. Is it him or her? I don't blame her. Ripped us absolutely to shreds. Actually, I was only kidding. You can get the baby out of here. That's all right. Don't worry. I, I think she really believed me that I love having a baby crying while I'm speaking. That's okay. People don't understand. That's okay. You learn a lot in moments like that, though. There's another side-by-side that we did at the 2020 debates with our first lady, Jill Biden, then she wasn't the first lady, but then it was Melania and Donald Trump, Jill Biden and Joe Biden, and the loving embrace of Jill and Joe, and then Melania didn't even want to be anywhere near Donald Trump, or you know, even the fact with Ivana that Donald Trump threw her body in basically the back lawn of a golf course so he can get tax benefits for it and then let the shrubbery kind of just like God. destroy the air. Like Horrific. You know, you know, these things tell give you insights into into people. The fact that Donald Trump showed up to Michael Cohen's testimony and didn't show up to the testimony of his own kids and the fact that his own kid Everybody in the Trump organization points to the other person. They they were responsible for the statement of financial condition. They were responsible for the statement of financial condition. These tell you things. These tell you things. The the one thing that was funny, Brett, is there was a Newsweek article about that supercut that that, that you did. and, And it quoted a Trump supporter saying that you should call yourselves idiots, touch. Oh, zinger. When I saw that article, I started cracking up because that's how they ended the piece. They had to like both sides it somehow like everyone else. They, they were like and, and Biden supporters began piling on to Trump and mocking him. And and I, I could just read it right here. Others <laughs> use the occasion to mock Trump. I imagine Trump can't stand a baby or a puppy for that matter unless it's made of gold. One person wrote. However, some comments criticized Midas touch for the video. You should call yourself idiots touch a trump supporter said jordy jordy i got a request for you because i don't know how to handle that burn let's try to get an aloe sponsor or something wow because i i don't know how we're gonna recover we might just i'm actually i'm shocked we're even doing the podcast after dude after after, after, after i'm, I'm shook after this comment idiots touch <sighs> like the creativity i'm i, I i'm gonna hang it up I'm, i don't know what to do I, I love the way that a trump supporter <laughs> it's like it's like what does that mean that's just like some shadow account with a fake you know avatar like are you how many comments the article? They dig through to find that exactly i mean it's it, it, it's it's humbly it's, it, you know it's it's just it's just but that's what media does and honestly and, and not to go into this whole tirade about it but i do want to say that that's why this community and the Midas mighty are so special about what we're doing here we're not funded by outside you know resources and that allows us to just report on the truth report on the facts report on the things that you the listeners the Midas mighty really genuinely care about and just want the information and so it's like when you see someone have having to write in their little story 
And then a Trump supporter quipped back. It's like, what are you even, what, what are you trying to convey here? With and the this Trump supporter said, nah, your poopy pants touch. <laughs> what, are you, what, what are you doing? And this is just being fed to the masses. It, it reminded me of the Seinfeld episode with George Costanza when he's like, and the jerks are called and they're out of you. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the level of insult. That, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that, that, that that's a classic burn right there, though. For classic burn. So speaking, speaking about <laughs> speaking, speaking, uh, speaking about Donald Trump card. not showing up to the New York Attorney General civil fraud case, Don Jr. testified yesterday and a little bit today. Eric Trump then testified, and, and basically, why Don Jr.'s was kind of cut abruptly short is Judge and Goran was just like enough of this nonsense and like judging goran actually asked don jr the question he's like all right mr trump did you have anything to do at all with these statements of financial condition like at all and he clearly did because he signed all the certifications for every single year he had to sign declarations stating that they were true and correct so, and Goran just wanted to cut through it. Like, are you is, are you going to just tell us here and waste all of our time for three hours that you had nothing to do with this? So Judge and Goran says, Mr. Trump, did you have anything to do with the statements of financial conditions? No, I did not, Your Honor. And then the New York Attorney General's office went through... 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and showed all of the times that Don Jr. certified that the statements were true and accurate um, and uh, made the representation that he did, in fact, review it. And so, and that's when Don Jr. was like, well, I guess so. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. And so that was basically Don Jr.'s testimony. And, and Eric tried to do the same thing. Eric tried to say, I don't really do anything with the statement of financial conditions. And then the New York Attorney General's office would like show him emails where it wasn't just like, hey, everybody, I'm Eric. It was like, hey, did you read the statement of financial condition? Yep. <laughs> like it were pretty, they weren't as direct as that, but they were very clear. And they were like, and you know, and it was like, you know, Eric like actually getting like in the weeds about how something specifically should be done and how the assessment should be made. And so Eric was involved in the statements of financial condition. That was kind of obvious and clear. He got them sent him. And here's the thing for all of the magasplainers. If you claim that these are really good business people, right? Yes, really good business people rely on professionals. But really good business people don't sign their names to things that they don't read. Let's just start with that premise. Are you going to magasplain to me that CEOs just allow the professionals they hire to go totally rogue <laughs> and they don't look at it and they basically go, okay, lawyer, okay, accounting firm, let me just sign whatever it is that you say. And so either there was a complete and utter dereliction of their duty which case they should not have a license to conduct their business or they engaged in intentional fraud. You can't magasplain to me that that's cool. You can't magasplain and say that's what successful business people do, right? The same way the magasplainers are like, everybody knows that the fair market value is always 5,000% more than what the uh, tax assessor puts it at. No, that's just not true. I, I can understand if we want to have a real conversation Sure, it's possible that the fair market value 
is slightly more, may, may even be a good amount more, a little more than what the tax appraisal is, what the tax assessment is. But it's not 5,000% more. And then you have people at the Trump organization like Raymond Flores, a former vice president who said, no, 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 we value this thing, Mar-a-Lago, at $27 million. We, we did it. Well, why did you do it? Because we wanted to lower property taxes. We were the ones who lowered it. And we checked the box that said commercial, not residential, because it was a commercial property. And there was a deed that was executed in the mid-1990s that placed a number of uh, historical easements and encumbrances on the property. And that's why the value is less. If it was a standalone uh, residential property, that could be, you know, easily transferred and sold. I could foresee a situation where the valuation may be 200, 250 million dollars. I could see that. I'm happy to have that con- that's an honest conversation to have. Right? It looks like a pretty magnificent property. It looks like it's on the water. It's about 15 acres. It's big. There were comps that were sold around there that, that that are in the range of you know 100 million, 200 million dollars. Oh, um, you can convince me that if it was residential, it's 200 and 200. You can even convince me it's it's maybe slightly more, 300 million. It's not 1.5 billion. Like now you just get like now you lose me. Now I can't have a serious and honest discussion with you. It's not 1.5 billion. It's not the most expensive property in the history. You did add presidential premiums on it. You did add brand value to it. That's one of the findings that the judge made. So so just don't, there's no like that's my thing. Like that's not like oh you're a lefty Ben for saying that. That's such a progressive view that you. It, I want to have an on. I want to get to the bottom of it. Okay, this is a commercial property. You check the commercial box. Why you wanted to pay less property taxes? You took advantage of that. You suppressed the value of your own property, which you gained lots of benefits for. And then when you went to lenders, you told them the exact opposite. And that's the same scam you ran with all of your properties in some way. You claimed it was zoned for this, and it wasn't zoned for this, or it was zoned for this. You claim that the property was this big, it was actually smaller. These are objective facts, right? When Judge and Goran made the summary judgment order, it wasn't like Judge and Goran was like, I, it's not like the Oracle of Delphi, right? It goes, I hereby decree, <laughs> Marlago, you are now $18 million. That's not what Judge and Goran's doing. Judge and Goran's looking at undisputed facts not the facts that are even given by what the New York Attorney General, summary judgments about undisputed facts. So the undisputed facts, Judge Ngoron said, said, here's what your people valued at. Here's what your documents say. Here's what your uh, spreadsheets say. This is coming from your organization. Here's what your appraiser said. Your appraisers sent this document to Eric and Eric ignored it and didn't provide it to the accountant. Why? Because the appraisers came in substantially less than what than what Donald Trump wanted to inflate the valuation at. And so Eric testified, Don Jr. testified, and then Christopher Keis and Alina Haba made some snide remarks about the judge's law clerk. Yeah, what's and, going on there? Proceeding, and then the judge just had enough of that. And the judge just says, Number one, it seems that your attacks on my law clerk are misogynistic. Let me be very clear. And that's what it seems that why you're attacking her. She's a civil servant. Leave her alone. 
stop behaving like this in my courtroom. If you say anything about my law clerk, again, I'm going to impose the same gag order that's imposed on Donald Trump on you, the lawyers, because you're acting outrageous. And, and, and folks, this is not like normal, the way Donald Trump and his lawyers behave. I, look, it's not like I've been a litigator for, you know, for, for decades. I was a litigator for 12, 13 years or so. I've been to a lot of cases. I've been to a lot of court. Before Midas Touch, I did this every day. Lawyers conduct themselves, by and large, when they show up in court, professionally with decorum. Clients, you know, maybe there are some criminal clients who have like real serious issues, you know, who like while they're shackled, like can't control themselves in a courtroom. But it's not a normal thing where someone just shows up and for for like two and a half days at a time and like can't physically control themselves. Like Donald Trump sits there and you saw the speech that he gave. And he just goes, and like the judge has to be like, stop acting like, like, stop it. Stop behaving that way. And the judge has to like reprimand him there because he like throws paper all around. And it's like, what in the world are you? And then he like leaves the court in the middle of it and then goes to the press and goes, I won. I won. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. I won. I won. And then like, you didn't, what do you mean you won? You lost. You lost summary judgment. The court denied your directed verdict motion. What are you talking about? The last thing I want to say about the New York Attorney General civil fraud case is Ivanka filed an appeal because she's not a defendant. She's a third-party witness, but she doesn't want to testify in this case. So ask yourself the question too. Why wouldn't you want to? Like, why wouldn't, if you're Ivanka and you want to support your family, right? And you're this tough family, infallible, and all, just at, at a basic level. If Brett and Jordy were in trouble and they were wrongfully accused of something, you better believe that I would be there in a moment's notice. Oh, thanks, Ben. In a moment's hey. notice. It's good to know. Imagine, just imagine if you guys like. Where I get, I don't want to personalize it, but like, imagine if if you guys <laughs> falsely accused of something, right? And I knew you were false. I don't want to personalize it, but let me again. Uh, I possess the information that could help you both out, and my response is. There's no jurisdiction. I don't even live in. I don't even live in California. I, I actually, I actually, I, I moved to Nevada, so I don't have to be a part of this case. And I have nothing to do with this organization. I have nothing to do with anything. And Judge Ngoron's ruling is like it'd be like me saying I have nothing to do with Midas Touch. Judge Ngoron's like, what are you talking about? You're not part of the Trump. Yes, you are. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just got, I just got Ben and Brett uh, coffee. That's it. That's your argument. That's the root, but, though. But, but of then she has the audacity. But then she had the audacity to say that because the testimony is scheduled during the middle of a school week, that the court, she's what she's telling the court of appeals, the middle of a school week, that the court of appeals should order that the entire trial gets stayed and put on pause until they determine whether or not she should testify. She's a non-party right now because the appellate division dismissed her several months ago. And because of, of a school week, I mean, your dog ate your homework. What, what are we talking about? 
and 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 my only point is that like let's take away the magasplaining and let's even remove all the all the facts. Let's just talk about family. Let's just talk about family. If your family, if someone in your family was falsely accused, and rather than help them, you refuse to show up, you're a pretty shitty person. And it's these small things that tell you everything you need to know about who these people are and what they want to do to this country, what they want to do to you. And and look, the bottom line is if they were shitty people who ran a shitty corporation and did shitty things with each other and that's all they did, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Just just, I'm not spending my time on them. It's that people like this want to control you. They want to control us. They are the ones who want to magasplain their way into power and then say, I know better than you when it comes to your reproductive decisions. You know what? I'm going to make that call. Not your doctor, not you, not how you consult your faith. I'm making that call for you. Or I'm going to tell you who you should marry. I'm going to tell you whether you should be treated like a human being and with dignity. I'm the one who's going to tell you this. And let me give you a lecture a little bit. Of, let me as Trump give you a lecture about finances because let me tell you, I know a thing or two, so much so that my daughter won't even show up in a case where I'm accused of fraud that I claim is false. Let me tell you. Oh, by the way, have you met Mega Mike? Mega Mike. I don't know why I'm giving Trump like a weird accent. <laughs> Yeah, what is Mega Mike? What is that? Mega, I don't even know what that is. I don't know, I don't know who I'm referring to. Now. Mega Mike, <laughs> Mega Mike, uh, Mega Mike. Tell everybody about your checking and savings account and how you are so sophisticated with finances. And Mega Mike's like, well, you know, I conducted the, uh, I, co- I consulted with the biblical spirits, and what they told <laughs> me is that I should not have a checking or savings account. That makes sense to everybody, and I'm going to condition military aid now on the fact that I'm going to claim I'm decreasing the deficit by defunding the IRS. And then even when the uh, office, the Congressional Budget Office says that it's going to increase the deficit objectively, a nonpartisan group, I'm just going to say only in Congress can that increase the deficit when we allow billionaires and decamillionaires not to pay their taxes. I mean, enough of the freaking MAGA splaining. The root of the MAGA splaining is to cover up lies, right? Like you wouldn't have to lie. You wouldn't have to MAGA splain if the truth was a good enough argument. The issue is behind all of the scams, and I'm talking about the scams in Congress too, the scams by the U.S. Senate, this Tommy Tuberville BS, everything that they do, the MAGA Mike BS, the Trump kids on the stand, it's all rooted in lies. If they told the truth, frankly, it would be devastating to their case. So they lie. It's also why they tell so many different variations of stories, because if you were telling the truth, you wouldn't have to make stuff up. You'd just be able to tell the straight story. But it's also why you got to attack people because part of it is that they are very nasty and evil people and and hate-filled people, so they attack. But also if you remember... Um, if, if you remember like, just like, like, like just 
like third grade bullies? Like yeah. what, is, what is the thing that they do right away? Like the moment you try to criticize, they attack you right away. And it's like attack, 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 attack. Cause they're trying to hide yeah. the fact that they are, that, that they have very serious things going yeah, on. Deeply flawed, and, deeply insecure people. And, and so, and so they, and so they, and so they go on. Hey, that's you. Can I ask you guys something? So has a reporter asked MAGA Mike where he does keep his money? Like, like, is he sleeping with it under his mattress? Like, well, it's, what, it's what, a what, phenomenal what? question. And it's, it's very, uh, very peculiar situation. And I truthfully don't understand it. He's, he makes a good salary. I understand that not everybody in this country uh, has a bank account, has access to bank accounts, et cetera. MAGA Mike has been making what? six figures plus for a very long period yeah. of time. Those check, those paychecks need to be going into a bank account, presumably somewhere. And the disclosures aren't that significant. Like the, um, the threshold, it's what, like a thousand dollars in a personal account or something. You would think like he has to be getting that in his accounts weekly, every two weeks, however they pay out. So where is the money going? Why is this individual who is the speaker of the house of representatives listing zero assets on his disclosure, not only for himself, but for his wife or his family? It's very strange. There's peculiar. something there. There's, there's something, there's something, something there. there's something very odd. And I will say also, we do have an update here with Ivanka Trump, who just lost her court fight to block her testimony next week. Ben will be doing a longer hit on that uh, soon. So you can see that after this as Ben goes through uh, the decision there. But that is a big decision to wrap this segment up. I, and so it, so it was official. Uh, yeah. So the funny thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insight into and you know, into, into the Midas touch. So <laughs> I, before we started, I did a video on Ivanka's, on Ivanka's appeal. So, you know, so as we would say in Midas, all right, I got to scrap that video, new video, <laughs> <laughs> new, 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 new video, new video on its way. All right. The, the amount of unreleased content that we, <laughs> that, that exists in the world is actually quite, quite interesting. Sometimes the news cycle just moves too quick sometimes. Hey, yeah. Go as fast <laughs> as we can. I love it. I love it. All right. We still got a lot to discuss. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch is the destination to help uh, support this network. Also, separately, the emojis below. Um, and uh, we really appreciate all of Oh, and Ben, it's, it's a new month, too. So sometimes memberships renew if you were only a YouTube member for the month. So since it's a new month, maybe uh, you have to re-up your monthly membership. Or if you wanted to give somebody a monthly membership, you could do that as well. Good stuff. We'll be right back after this quick break. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. 
Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. Let's face it, working out is hard, and the cost of personal trainers makes it even harder. That was until I linked up with Copilot. My Copilot has had a transformative impact on my exercise journey. So here's the deal. The My Copilot service links you with an affordable, real-life personal trainer at basically the touch of a button. From there, you get personalized workouts tailored to individual needs and goals. You have real person accountability. You have flexibility with a schedule to fit your life, and you have expert training that is affordable. My favorite thing about Copilot is that my coach keeps me accountable while also understanding that life sometimes gets in the way. The flexibility of the schedule with the incredible enthusiasm and passion my coach brings to the table really keeps me wanting to come back and continue to work even harder. Like you, I have meetings or appointments throughout the day, and I can't be stuck spending too much time at a physical gym or I'll never get my tasks accomplished. With my Copilot, I'm able to work out from the comfort of my own home on my terms. I've been using my Copilot for a little while now, and the energy that's come back to me from all these workouts, well, it's just been incredible to see. It truly is fitness made easy. Now, I'd love for you to follow my lead, to get fit and feel fabulous. Give Copilot a try to find out why it's listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer app of 2023. Head to go.mycopilot.com slash Midas to get a 14-day free trial with your personal trainer. That's go.mycopilot.com slash Midas to get a free 14-day trial with your very own personal trainer. Take a back seat and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goal. Jordy with the ad reads. Let's go. Can I say, I, I, I love those sheets. They're like amazing. And they're amazing holiday presents too. So definitely check those out. Copilot, game changer for me. Like I, it, it, the, everything I say in that read is super, super legit and true. You got to give that a try. So you can sign up today. Just click the link in the description below. Give it a shot. Let's do it. A lot of breaking news, like as we are recording this live. So Ivanka's appeal to the appellate division 
denied, rejected. She's scheduled to testify next week on Wednesday. And then Donald Trump filed an emergency appeal to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals regarding the gag order that is imposed on him. Expect Donald Trump to file a series of appeals to the D.C. Circuit and to the Supreme Court. Trump's going to try to do anything and everything to derail the March 2024 trial date in the Washington, D.C. case. He asked Judge Chutkin to stay um, the entire case pending a, a decision on the issue of his uh, frivolous assertion of presidential immunity. He claims that overthrowing the Constitution and the 2020 election falls within the outer perimeter of presidential Article II authority, which is like completely and utterly absurd. But what he's doing is he's using that to try to get a stay from Judge Chutkin. He knows she's going to deny the motion and the stay. Then he's going to go to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And then what he's ultimately going to try to do is get the Supreme Court to give an emergency stay of the criminal case pending um, uh, the election. Like that, that That's his move. And so it's easy for me to predict it because – it's obviously where he's going with this, but he's going to try to get to the Supreme Court and try to have them issue a stay to block it. And that's what it's going to come down to, folks, like that right there. You know, and the interesting thing is you have the um, March case uh, in the uh, Manhattan District Attorney case. We shouldn't forget about that one, that Al Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA um, over Donald Trump's uh, hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and misclassification. So that's why that date is still there in March, even though you have the federal case uh, from Washington, D.C. on March 4th. Then you have the Manhattan District Attorney case like March 24th or 25th. And so it's all shaping up in that direction. I mean, and, and Donald Trump has not been able to like control himself in a civil fraud case. Imagine what he's going to be doing in these criminal cases. But what you're seeing oh, here in a compressed time frame, this is what he's done his whole life. This is the scheme that he runs as an abusive, vexatious litigant. Right. Our court system, our justice system is a tool by him to harass and abuse people. And when he is a defendant, he puts all of his resources to simply try to outlast anybody. And just so you see the, um, you know, and, and then hopefully something happens in the future. And, and that's actually been successful for him in the past. You know, not now. Um, and here's what he says in the introduction of his emergency appeal that was just filed. No court in American history has imposed a gag order on a criminal defendant who is actively campaigning for public office, let alone the leading candidate for the president of the United States. That centuries-long practice was broken on October 17, 2023, when the district court entered its opinion and order muzzling President Trump's core political oh. speech during a historic presidential campaign. He was, I mean, he's threatening witnesses. If, if he just behaved like a normal human being and Judge Chutkin said, if you want to go and say things about Biden, criticize Biden, go, go after Biden, go after DOJ generally, you can't attack witnesses in the case 
when you are a criminal defendant. And you can't go and attack like uh, the special counsel and the special counsel's family. It's very limited. It's very narrowly tailored. But that is what Donald Trump is doing. It's a 35-page brief that he filed there. And so we will keep you posted on that. Brett, get, talk get to, to reading, Ben. Get, get to reading. You got a hot take to do. And I, I, I just find that Donald Trump is – as much as he is fighting against like the Department of Justice here, he is fighting against the justice system on a macro level. He is trying to tear out the roots of our entire justice system, the way he is behaving with these motions. Yeah. And it is so apparent in all of these filings that he also just wants to have infinite power. He wants to be immune, as he says himself in these filings. He thinks that he deserves immunity to do whatever the hell he wants. And that is literally everything. So I get presidential immunity. I'm allowed to start insurrections and overthrow the government. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, oh, I tried. I'm allowed to. I got presidential immunity, right? Okay, I, I'm allowed to threaten witnesses. I'm allowed to scare them. I'm allowed to sick my goons on them. I'm allowed to threaten prosecutors and their family. What, what are you going to take? You're going to try to cancel me? You're going to take away my free speech rights? What? No other defendant in the justice system would be getting away with a inch with a scintilla of what this guy has been able to get away from, which is why when he is pushing these appeals, to me, it's him trying to completely obliterate the justice system entirely. Their whole view on the First Amendment, too, is a version of the MAGA-splaining, right? Like, I should be able to spread all of the hate and targeted hate and even commit crimes and then say, First Amendment, First Amendment. But then if you say negative things about me or you say negative things about anything I don't like, even if it's, um, you know, you know, very negative speech, well, what does Donald Trump say? I'm going to deport you. We're going to lock you up right away. We're going to throw you in jail. So the very construction of their view of the First Amendment is also like their construction of the Second Amendment, where they don't utilize the words well-regulated militia and just say the right to bear arms. And the whole MAGA-splaining construct is, 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 are the tools of a sociopath, right? You know, when you argue with a sociopath, they'll always have the thing they say to kind of latch on to, and then they're easily able to kind of shift what that thing is. So just think about the sociopath MAGA-splainers. Right, they're small government until they want a national abortion ban with no exceptions. They're strict constructionists until they don't like all of the words in the Second Amendment, then they don't care about what the words actually state. They're originalists until the original theory doesn't actually go and help them. They're First Amendment purists until people criticize them. Right? They're conservative until it becomes conserving the yeah. um, uh, Constitution and. Then they support insurrectionists and sing songs with them. They claim to be fiscal conservative hawks until they're in power. Then they run up an $8 trillion debt, and then they blame you for it. So the moment you start to frame their behavior, the MAGA-splainers, the MAGA-crats, as, as their sociopaths and their groupthink version of sociopaths, then you start to think about people who you know that are attracted to this movement. It's not like a political party. It's like a movement. Everything falls into place. 
everything makes sense. And you're like, okay, now, now, now I get it. And notice it's all about their framework. And the thing with Trump, though, that screws him up a little bit is that he's even so unhinged that he sometimes just says it all directly and just tells you the plot and the plan. And he doesn't like they would prefer you hide it in a Patagonia vest that's being worn by Glenn Youngkin. Like yeah. that's how they kind of want to do it. And they're like, come on, dude, Trump, man, you're like, you know, you know, but then they kind of like spot here, man. But then they kind of like that what he says is so unhinged and so crazy that it also somewhat distracts as they try to kind of rip apart the uh, you know the, the the other rights. And that's why we can't get distracted. Brett, if you can, Tommy Tuberville, tell us about what was what's been going down there because you know you even had some Republicans who were like, okay, Tommy Tuberville, you're making us all look bad right now. And so you said that if we brought these names one by one. You would let us do that. And what did Tommy Tuberville go? I object. I object. And so then you had the Republicans fighting with Republicans on the Senate floor. What went down? Yeah, it was pure chaos in the chamber, pure chaos. And when you say Trump is so boisterous and doing all those things, I think oftentimes it is to make the behavior of people who are actually extremists like Tommy Tuberville, like Mike Johnson. It also helps make them seem somewhat normal, I guess, to the masses. At least that's what they hope. But Tommy Tuberville's obstruction on military promotions, key, the top Military promotions has now been going on for a very long time. It is clearly damaging our military readiness. Now, as we see this action, everything that's happening in the Middle East, as we see what's unfolding in Ukraine, we don't have the top people that we need in our military at such a crucial time. And Tommy Tuberville is to blame. So now, finally, I don't know what's taking them so long. Finally, even the Republicans are getting pissed off at the guy and the Republicans are speaking out. So they were in session late last night and you had a Republican Senator Dan Sullivan. He was one of the most vocal voices going after Tommy Tuberville. He was saying that by the end of the year, 89% of all general officer positions in the U.S. military will be affected by the current holds by Tuberville. And he was saying this is dramatically affecting our military readiness. Here's the clip. We all know there are current holds on our military. I want the American people to know right now, 376 promotions to one, two, three, and four-star generals and admirals are being held. It is estimated by the end of this year, 89% of all general officer positions in the United States military will be affected by the current holds from Senator Tuberville. Either they, our members have to be forced to retire, positions not filled, and acting capacity will be unable to retire. This is pretty much the entire officer corps. This is hugely disruptive to readiness, Mr. Chairman. Couple examples, 288 one and two star generals being held. These are the men and women who run the military right now. We're gonna talk about other places, the First Marine Expeditionary Force, Third Marine Expeditionary Force, these are the war fighting organizations of the Marine Corps, the Seventh Fleet, which is our fighting naval force in the Taiwan Strait, Fifth Fleet, fighting naval force in the Middle East. It goes on and on. NATO 
Chairman, Deputy Chairman, three-star job, empty. Je Deputy U.S. CENTCOM Commander, empty. The head of the Navy nuclear program, the head of missile defense, all non-confirmed. We have a big challenge, Mr. President, right now. That, that's not Midas touch. That's not like lefty spin. These are Republicans in the Senate calling this out exactly for what it is. And it's not some sort of hypothetical situation. Did you see there was the, the general, the commandant of the Marine Corps, General Eric Smith? He suffered a heart attack a couple mm. or yesterday, suffered a heart attack. Why? Because he's been doing two jobs for months. He has to take on an extra job because there are missing positions. He's been sleeping less than five hours a day because his deputy has not been confirmed. And that is all because Tommy Tuberville is blocking the Senate nominations. And he previously made comments. He said, the work that I am doing is completely unsustainable. And you had Tommy Tuberville, he was asked about this today and he completely wrote it off. He's like, oh, when I was a football coach, you know, we, we worked 18, 20 hour days also. I don't understand why he can't work. You're saying you got a heart attack because of that? Yeah, okay, suck it up is what Tommy Tuberville said. Comparing his experience as a football coach to an experience of a United States general. It's so disgusting. Some of these people have multiple, have doing multiple jobs. Some of these military personnel, even the Marine Corps commandant was doing two jobs. Why, why aren't you making it harder for them to, to do their job? 2,000 people that work for them, okay? So, uh, and as somebody said, he's working 18 hours a day. Jack Reed blamed me for his heart attack. Come on, give me a break. This guy's gonna work 18, 20 hours a day no matter what. That's what we do. You know, I did that for years because you got to get the job done and you take it. You try to do everything yourself. So uh, we're not going to go down that road. He's comparing his work as a football coach to uh, the main general for the Marines. That's, that's, that's not what we do. We need people to be, we need military readiness. You talk about, this is the guy who always goes, oh, it's a woke military. Like he just trashes the military. He treats them like crap. And frankly, he wants to strip away rights from the military that federal prisoners even have. Like the federal policy that he is protesting, we're able to pay for the travel for women in the military to get reproductive care. That's what this is all based on. You know who's able to get that pay from the federal government to get reproductive care? Federal inmates. Tommy Tuberville wants our military to have fewer rights than federal inmates. Just let that sink in for or, or one just second. That, or just that that man, that vile and despicable that man wants government. He wants government, right? The small government. He wants government and himself to make the decision for women. He thinks that that's his call. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's Tuberville's call. Well, you know, you, you, you got to ask me. You got to ask Tommy Tuberville, the the the, the, the shitty coach. I'm, I'm Tommy Tuberville. I mean, just just think about that. That is sociopathic behavior 101. And I I, I I could play Lindsey Graham's moment. You know, Lindsey Graham was also very, very angry, probably had a, a drink or two before he went on the Senate floor. I don't know. He was very animated, but he was speaking out against, you know, when Lindsey gets like, you're like, so this guy's on something. Uh, <laughs> but Lindsey Graham way, was speaking out. Served. He did not. 
No, he he did not serve. He he did not serve, and he is mocking people who did. It's serve a, it's a common theme that we actually see throughout this Republican Party, whether it's Donald Trump calling them losers and suckers, you know, or or Tommy Tuberville comparing his work as a football coach to this general. And Jordy, he thinks his experience as a football coach makes him more qualified to be a general than the people who have spent their careers fighting for. It's our one country. of the biggest cons that the Republican Party tries to pull over Americans, but I think Americans at large are waking up to it that they're not pro-military. They just use the military in ways that they can attack uh, just other communities that represent and fight within the within the military. And I want to show you this because, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know what, screw it, right? Let's, let's just, let's put every, let's put all these nominations on the floor individually, right? Let's do them. If you won't do a voice vote, let's put them individually. First, if we did the full number of positions that you had to do in that fashion and actually took a roll call vote, it could take like an entire year. It could take a very long time. But yesterday they tried, okay, let's do these individually instead of doing them in blocks. Let's just vote on these individually right here, right now. We're going to vote on the top positions. Basically, calling Tommy Tuberville's bluff. Okay, you want us to go individually? Okay, let's do it right here, right now. And, do do it, and, do, and doing it by unanimous consent by voice vote, meaning that if there's no objection, if they go a voice vote, unanimous consent, and assuming that no one says, I object, then it's deemed approved and then the person is confirmed. So that's what they wanted to do because they th they thought that was a way to expedite it. And you are never going to believe what Tommy Tuberville said when this idea was presented last night. We're going to do what you asked, which is do a vote, vote individually on this American hero. So I asked Mr. President, unanimous consent, that the Senate proceed to the executive session for the consideration of the following nomination, Colonel Robert S. Wheeler to be Brigadier General in the United States Marine Corps under executive calendar number 95. That the Senate vote on the nomination without intervening action or debate, that if confirmed, the motion to reconsider be made and laid upon the table, and the President be immediately notified of the Senate's action. Is there objection? Madam President. Senator from Alabama. Preserving the right to object. And the key thing there when you listen is without intervening objection or debate. So the issue is if you do them one by one, the intervening act just takes a very long time and then it would shut down the business of the Senate so that the Senate couldn't do anything else. This is all they would have to do, go one by one, and then you would have a debate and then you could have them try to also like filibuster it out where one senator talks forever. And then it also sets the precedent that it politicizes military confirmations, which is also one of the reasons that this is never done on a one-by-one -one basis. These are military leaders, right? And so if you did one-by-one, -one, you then go through the person's background, and then what the MAGA Republicans are going to be, well, looks like you've got this woke thing on your background, and this person's woke, and, that, and, and then it becomes a very kind of disparaging thing to our military. We talked about constructs before, right, about Small government, Second Amendment, First Amendment, strict textualist, originalists, fiscal conservative. One of the other constructs is they you know, support the troops, the flag, support the troops, but that's performative. And when it actually push comes to shove, all we hear is these MAGAcrats, these MAGA Republicans or Donald Trump, they praise Viktor Orban. They praise President Xi. 
He's so powerful. I call him the king. That's what Donald Trump says in his speeches. He talks about how powerful Vladimir Putin is, how they send love letters to Kim Jong-un. And when it comes to our military, Donald Trump goes, ah, they're idiots. All of them are such idiots. And I tell them you're a bunch of idiots. And Mark Milley, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, idiot. He's a moron. He's stupid. And then Donald Trump threatened to execute him. Donald Trump, you know, the, the episode goes full circle, right? Because you start mm-hmm. off with Donald Trump coming out to the January 6th insurrection. And then we have Donald Trump posting on social media threats to execute the former top military general, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States of America. So going back to what I said earlier, imagine you're an investigative journalism. You're the New York Times or you're the Washington Post or you're one of these things. And you got these emails, right? And you searched through all of them. And then you saw Donald Trump in an email threatened to kill a military general. You'd be like, that's a the biggest story. You'd win a Pulitzer. Then Donald Trump would sue you for the Pulitzer, like he sued the Pulitzer Prize, but you'd win a Pulitzer for that. So why, why when it's in our face, can we not be like, whoa, he just, he just threatened to murder the top general. He threatened to execute the top general. Whoa, he just called John McCain. This there's, there's video of him saying that John McCain's a loser. Like we, we're supposed to what? We're supposed to ignore it and be like, well, guess what? President Biden only increased the GDP by 4.9%, folks. Only It's only record shattering. Unemployment's only the lowest it's ever been. We, we only have the highest GDP of any G7 nation. Folks, we only have 40,000 infrastructure projects. Perhaps we need 45,000. I, 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 I mean, look, folks. Ben, it's, not like, it's, just, it's, it's not like it's just like, oh, that's just a lot of bluster, right? He's just being boisterous. He just says a lot of things, right? At least when you look at the actual business of government, you see Republicans actually supporting our troops. No, it's not that. Because yeah. when you look at the actual business of government, what are they doing with those words? They're actually trying to strip away rights from our troops. They're actually voting down things like the PAC. Act, which would actually give help to veterans that were in exposed to toxic on the House floor. And then they fist bump on the House floor over it. They need to be guilted by John Stewart, a comedian, to do the right thing. And they make up stuff about the bill. They refuse to help the 9-11 first responders over and over again. If you look at the track records of the Republican Party and their voting records, they may use the iconography of the American flag. They may wrap themselves in it. They may perform their bizarre January 6th insurrection national anthem that they do. They may claim to love the country and to support our troops and to guilt you should you question any of their decisions. But when it comes to actually putting a package of aid to help the people who risk their lives and are suffering Suffering because of what they did for our country, they go, screw you. You know what? I was a football coach. I, I You don't even know how bad you have it, General. You and your heart attack working 20-hour days? Well, you don't even know what my life was like as a football coach. We did that every day. You're nothing to me. You're dirt. That's what Tommy Tuberville says to these people. That's what the Republican Party does over and over and over again. And they wonder why they're having trouble with recruitment in the military. Let me give you a hint. It's not because the military is woke. It's not because people read poems. 
No, it's because when they go to risk their lives and they come back, you kick them in the face. You punch them while they are down and you refuse to help them get back up. It is such an absolute disgrace what we witness with this party and they cloak it all in this faux patriotism every single time. Sorry, I'm fed up. I'm fed up. I'm furious. It makes Powerful. me really makes well. Me as as as, as I think about November seventh is when the Virginia election is. There's going to be a lot of other elections coming up as well. But as I think about that November seventh date, I think this is a perfect way to kind of close out the show because what you see is the propaganda machine of Fox in full effect every single day, multiple times a day. What do you see on Fox? Glenn Youngkin. What Fox realized is, and, and what the Republicans realized and the MAGAcrats realized is, wait a minute. We don't have to buy political ads. We got Fox. And they will put Glenn Youngkin on all the time. Let's get Glenn Youngkin on. How about we get him on five times a day, folks? And let's have him just spread the lies over and over again. It's called Fox News, so people will think it's news. Think about and how like, much a 30-second spot costs on Fox News Prime. $90,000, right? about 90000 about yep. ninety. I would say that's depends extreme, on which one. I would say that's extremely low for a primetime slot. Primetime spot? Yeah, you're right. Maybe three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars dollars $400,000. And now think you give Glenn Youngkin three minutes to just give a pitch to voters or five minutes or 10 minutes. Think about like what if, if you were to actually make that, like call that an in-kind contribution, which it is. Like, let's be real what it is when they're on Fox and they are pitching themselves the way they are doing and soliciting donations. Just think about the value of that time that Fox is giving to these candidates and you see why they don't have to run ads either. Yeah, and 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 it is a propaganda machine that's meant to obfuscate, that's meant to lie, that's meant to not provide you with the facts and the documents. Because guess what? If they cared about those things, they'd show you the documents the way we show you. They'd show you the evidence. They'd show you the videos of what the people are actually saying. And yeah, it may take a little longer than a 30 minute, 30 second sound bite. It may take some, but they would show it to you and say, here's what went down. Instead, what do they do? They pump disinformation each and every day. And Virginia is an example of it. And what Fox knows about Virginia is it's an off, off year, meaning it's not a midterm. It's not a governor's race. It's not a presidential race. It just kind of randomly falls on, in 2023 where a lot of voters aren't even thinking about it. They don't even know about it, really. And so what Fox knows, though, is that that's the perfect opportunity to pounce. And so every day they're pumping this content, boom, 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 Virginia, 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 because they're trying to raise up Glenn Youngkin, and the effects are, would be devastating in Virginia. I mean, Glenn Youngkin, a MAGA splainer, he would be the one making the decision over a woman's right to choose. He would take away, you know, all of these rights. They would jerry, they would do what they do. They wouldn't focus on how do we help the public? What would they focus on? How do we attack Democrats and how do we gerrymander things? And, you know, how do we get MAGA Mike Johnson's in power? How do we make a biblical republic and all of those things? So, so here's what I say to you at the end of this episode. You know somebody in Virginia, let them know, and they're a pro-democracy voter, let them know. The DNC, 
If you go to the DNC website on Virginia, they have phone banking. Also, if you check out Simon Rosenberg's Substack, he has a bunch of links to how you can help out in Virginia. We've got a few. We got. I did a video with him earlier that I posted as well. And so this is power of the people, folks. You often ask, what can we do to help? Virginia is a major way that you can help. And after this episode ends, that you could do something about it. So take action in Virginia. Help out. Spread the word. It's going to come down to hundreds of votes, sometimes less. It could be 50 people. Like literally, you could be the decision maker by just reaching out to 50 people in Virginia and working with the DNC to do that. And so figure out a way to help, whatever the best way for you to do that. And that would be uh, great. Now, one of the other things I'll tell you is about our Patreon after show. And then Jordy's got a special announcement that I'm going to Major announcement. So wait for Jordy's announcement because Jordy's announcement. Free Jordy. Jordy's announcement. So the Patreon after show, we did this with Cohen. We're going to do this with the brothers. We're just going to go through some kind of fun personal questions that um, if, if you wanted to learn more about us, what was your first job? What is your favorite month, favorite season, favorite animal, favorite color, favorite food, favorite word? What do you, who do you text the most? Who's your hero? Where'd you go on your last vacation? What was your favorite subject in school? What is your favorite dessert? What is your favorite breakfast? We're going to do a wrap. A lot of questions. Fire brother answers. I I like it. Honestly, honestly, games like this give me such anxiety. Me too. That's why we're going to do it. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Now, Jordy. Yes. Asking you the football. Look, we 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 listened to y'all, the Midas Mighty, the listeners, the viewers of this show, and y'all said, hey, Midas Touch, we need some new merch. So we totally revamped our Midas merch that Boom. you can get exclusively at store.midastouch.com. You can go to our website, midastouch.com, and click the shopping section there. We got some incredibly fun new designs. And of course, all of this is USA union made because that's what we do here. We don't we don't outsource. So that, check them out there. There's the I'm woke and I vote. There's the there's the Jack Smith justice tee and sweatshirt. So these are for winter. They're for Jay, lounging these, around Jay, the these house. These are dope. I got to say, these, these are, are unbelievable. We're, we're, we're really excited. Then you also just have the Midas Touch Network gear there are sweatshirts in that one t-shirts in that one you could rep the network let people know it's a good way to promote the network and introduce and sort of start that conversation by by wearing a midas touch network shirt hey look at the fade logo we spent a lot of time we we listened to y'all and it's now up at store.midastouch.com Jay, we got convict 45 crew next now cannot cannot forget the convict or or convict 45 crew next that we have Woo! as well. Yep. As well as our bags. So there, there's plenty of new stuff for y'all to enjoy. And of course, last but not least, we heard y'all the dark branded merch has Woo! been released. So check that out. Store.midastouch.com. You could go to the website too, midastouch.com and do your shopping there. Whatever's easier. There's some amazing stuff. And again, all union made right here in the great USA.
Woof. There you have it, folks. More straight y'all. fire, Jordy. Woo. We, we got to get that. I, I started, I said, we need an aloe sponsor. I need a, I need some aloe for the burn from that heat that you just <laughs> broke right here, Jay. That was some hot stuff. Collective right effort. Collective okay. effort. Woo. Thank, thank, thank you, everybody, for watching this episode. From the bottom of our hearts, we're so grateful for this Midas Mighty community that you all created. Uh, we know the power of this community built on evidence, built on facts, built on love, built on compassion, built on being unapologetically pro-democracy. And so let people know about the show. Let people know about the network. Make sure you're subscribed. I'm I'm, I'm going to miss you guys. I mean, I'm, I mean, even though, even though I miss the audience, I, I miss hanging out with the audience. We'll see him again uh, on Monday. It's again. mostly, just, say, it's I'll, mostly yeah. Ben talking to himself. I, yeah, uh, we'll see him again on Monday. Well, I look at the comments. I miss, I miss everyone. No, 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 no. He means <laughs> Brett. Brett means when you're just doing the the video hits. And when you're doing stuff. the hits without. But being when, live, when we're so. doing the show, we get to interact with the Midas Mighty live and, and in real time. Exactly. That's what Brett was saying. Exactly. All right, miss you already. I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on Jordy, the after take, show. <laughs> Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. The Midas Mighty stand. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.